Welcome to the Chick Monks Podcast, where we explore contemplative Christianity from a feminine perspective. I'm your host, Heather Lawrence. Let's get to it. Peace, my Chick Monk friends. I have another homily to share with you based on the following lectionary reading from Deuteronomy chapter 30. Moses said to all Israel these words which the Lord commanded him. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today, by loving the Lord your God and walking in God's ways, by observing God's commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live Loving the Lord your God, obeying God, and holding fast to God, for that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Here ends the reading. I used to have these verses from Deuteronomy hanging on my wall in college. See, college was a time in my life when I started to develop a sense of my own beliefs and spiritual practices, and that included for me writing out scripture and posting it on the walls around my room and anywhere I would look, really. As a kid, I grew up busy with church activities, and spiritual community was part of my DNA, so it was my top priority and leaving for college. But at 18, I just wasn't equipped to know what to look for when finding spiritual community. So I went where my friends were. I went where I had fun. So when I joined InterVarsity, I didn't even really know what theology was, let alone what kind of theology I held to. There, I was presented with a theology that was simple and certain and reflected God's inerrant truth of salvation as written in Scripture. I wasn't given options. There was one right interpretation of Scripture and perspectives that disagreed with that right truth were dismissed as heretical, unchristian. Now, as you know, chick monks, eventually this sort of black and white worldview that I held, well, it cracked open and swirled into a spectrum of gray, as it will. 
But I have to say, for a while, it felt really good to be certain. Maybe you can relate. Our modern philosophy that we swim in, the systems we're educated in, they all predispose us to crave that kind of certainty. Heck, even developmentally, it made sense, 18 years old. It felt grounding to have a clear set of rules to follow and concrete morals to shape my life around. Those were the days when I bought the most elegant paper I could find and wrote on it these words. I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. And I hung Moses' words from Deuteronomy in a gold glitter frame on the wall of my bedroom. This simple binary, life or death, blessing or curse. It felt nice in this quest for certainty. In their biblical context, though, these words from Deuteronomy are the conclusion to a particular chunk of four chapters that reestablishes the relationship between the Israelites and their God after spending an entire generation wandering in the desert. In this section I just read is the finale of those four chapters where Moses has been calling blessings and curses onto his people based on whether they follow God's commands or not. And they all culminate here, in Moses summoning the witnesses of heaven and earth to ensure that his people might live prosperously and abundantly. They have a choice, of course. Seems like a simple choice to us. Obviously, life over death. But how should they do it? How could they be sure to choose the path of blessing and not the path of destruction? Moses says, Choosing life works like this. Love God. Obey God. Hold fast to God. Love and obey God by keeping Deuteronomy's very particular set of commandments written for this particular community wandering in the desert trying to establish some sense of order and justice so they can build a society strong enough to survive. Are those commandments also how we hold fast to God today? I think the way in which we love and hold fast to God has to transform as we grow as individuals and as life on our planet continues to unfold. I mean, I'll say this. I'm glad I didn't hold fast to the commandments I thought I was receiving from God when I was in college in a fundamentalist Bible study. I'm grateful abolitionists pushed us beyond holding fast to slavery as a God-given economic arrangement. In fact, on this topic, even the Hebrew laws about slavery changed between the writing of Exodus and Deuteronomy. This is evidence of an evolving perception of what obedience to God means for each generation. Now, 
well, I understand God to be the force of life itself. So choosing life is by definition choosing God. Our modern human experience has been so focused on our own species that it often seems that we elevate prolonging human life as the highest good. Even when I say the words choose life, you might be reminded of a particular political issue where those two words have been split to represent two separate parties, pro-life and pro-choice. But life is much more than our human-centered media and advertising and political campaigns lead us to believe. To broaden our perspective, I'd like to tell you a story. It's a story of life. You might have heard it before. It goes like this. The best scientific evidence that we have now suggests that our universe began expanding 14.5 billion years ago in an explosion of such force that not long after, particles would combine to form the first atoms, the building blocks of matter. 14.5 billion years is hard to conceptualize, so to try, if we condense those 14.5 billion years of our universe's existence down into just one calendar year, with the Big Bang at midnight on January 1st, it's not until September, about 10 billion years later, in the swirl of another explosion in space, that our sun, the giver of life in our solar system, begins to form, along with Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Uranus, Saturn, Neptune, Pluto, and distant neighboring planets, comets, and asteroids. In these early days, Earth was way too hot for life. But once the ocean formed, it cooled things down enough that single-cell organisms began to appear in her depth. Now, after the billions of years, from January to September, Earth has given birth to her own form of life. In October, photosynthesis begins producing oxygen, and all of the activity of multicellular life happens in December. On December 19th, plants migrate to the land, and mammals appear on December 26th. Modern humans evolve on December 31st, at 11.52 p.m. And just seconds before the clock strikes midnight, Christopher Columbus lands in America. Gives me chills every time I tell this story. To consider life's trajectory and our tiny, tiny place in it. Life is the main character of this story. 
not humans. Life is actually the producer and the director, too. You and me, we're products of life, creatures of our Mother Earth. And we are equipped to be agents of life. But we humans also seem to be uniquely equipped to be agents of death and destruction. Choose life that you may live, you and your descendants. Choose life. This choice that we get is the blessing and the curse of being human. We get to choose. And our choices impact far more than just our individual lives. Every choice. I don't think choosing life is about getting it right anymore. I think it's about humbling ourselves in a story that is much, much bigger than us and offering our lives in faith to support life's much larger movement. We will constantly be met with other gods demanding our worship, the gods of security, success, family, comfort, gods constantly marketed to us, dictating our every move. Friends, children of God, fellow humans, fellow earthlings, will we choose the path that reconnects us with the whole of life? Or will we insist on our arrogant human conveniences that sow death into our own lives and to that of the planet. We each have very little time on this space rock. And we choose whether we simply perish at the end of it or we spend it seeking and nurturing life among all beings. May the wisdom of God lead each of us into this eternal life. Amen. Amen.